estranged When you're a stranger Faces look ugly When you're alone Women seem wicked When you're unwanted Streets are uneven When you're down When you're strange Faces When you're strange No one remembers your name When you're strange When you're strange When you're strange People are strange When you're a stranger Makes it so deadly When you're alone When you seem wicked When you're unwanted strange we try to fill in that blank here on trice talk well i'm donald wayne and this is trice talk for sunday night march the 14th 2021 welcome to the show and uh just right at the top i'll just tell you that dennis lee is not with us tonight he's actually had kind of a personal emergency and so he's actually out of town for a few days and he will not be back until probably Wednesday's show. So, um, it's, it's, we're just going to have to, uh, make it through the next couple of shows and, um, hopefully he'll be back for us on Wednesday, which is our wacky Wednesday. So he comes back just in time for us to get funny. So, but hope he has a safe trip and, um, and uh, look forward to seeing him when he gets back. Well, it's Sunday night, and it's just, um, it's kind of been, I mean, it's almost like summer here in Atlanta. I don't, of course, I know a lot of you don't, uh, you're spread across the country, and not many people live close to Atlanta, but it it's almost like summertime here, and it's just the middle of March. Um, I think it was supposed to be snowing, I think Dennis Lee said last time that it's supposed to be snowing in uh, in Denver, or it was a few days ago. Um, but definitely winter has disappeared from Georgia, so we're we're getting ready for the uh, next thing that comes is the uh, yellow plague, which is the pollen that just seems to burst out of all the trees and flowers around here, and it covers your vehicle for about. Well, probably at least three or four weeks, you know, so most of us don't even try to, to wash our vehicles during that time because it's just a waste, uh, especially if you go through the car wash where it costs you 15 or $20. So, um, we'll be, <laughs> we'll be putting that on hold probably until April. And then of course we get all the rain in April. So you don't really have to wash your vehicle too much in April either, but anyway, at least we don't have snow and ice to worry about. So we might as well get ready for the humidity and just uh, grin and bear it and 
and uh, enjoy a few. We may still actually in Georgia, it's it's snowed here in April a few times uh, in the past 20 years or so. So it doesn't mean that we're through with winter. It just means that right now we're uh, we're kind of in limbo and uh, on hold and wait and see what Mother Nature does. Um, uh, hey, Eric and crimson and i can't read the whole screen um i apologize the screen that i have it on tonight i can't enlarge so i can't read all the names that are on there but okay so i got eric says he's calling and crimson says he's calling and i don't see anything on the board yet yet hey cummings Welcome. Um, what happens? Did that? Uh, there we go. That did it. That did it. I mean, you might have um, accidentally had two um, br browsers open, and, and that happens. Oh, really? I, I don't think so, but I, I don't really know. <laughs> it's, it's working now, though. Well, and Robert should be on his way, too, so he can provide music like that Calendar Girl song for you. Oh, for okay. that segment. All right, great, because I actually didn't get a chance to. Hopefully, Ellie J's on her way. Uh, I haven't heard back from her. I don't know whether she's. But at least Crimson's here. Yeah. Hey, well, Crimson. Hey, and I've got um, this day in history for you. Oh, okay. Great. Awesome. Yeah. Well, it's, well. Uh, hey, Jess. Um, I'm going to mute for a minute to make sure Robert's on the way. Okay. Well, I appreciate y'all uh, coming in to help me tonight uh, since I'm dentistless tonight. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you heard me say, I don't know if everybody was here at the time, but Dennis Lee is out tonight. He's uh, had to take some personal time. He actually is out of town. He won't be back until the Wednesday, wacky Wednesday show. So uh, we'll have to operate a couple of days here without his, without his sense of humor and all of his input. Um, so, Hey Jess, did it, did it snow in, in Denver? in the last several days or I know Dennis Lee was talking about it snowing in, in uh, Colorado a few days ago. It's summertime here in Georgia. Um, but, or at least it feels like summertime. So, uh, let me see what I've got on here that I can run by real quick. Um, I just saw this before the show started and I really haven't had a chance to read the whole thing, but I thought I'd bring it up because I always like to bring up good news. It looks like uh, Governor Ron DeSantis is suing President Biden. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm excited about that. For what? Well, it, it says that um, DeSantis is suing President Biden for endangerment of Florida residents by allowing illegal aliens in the state and refusing to deport them. Oh. So, and I'm sure there's something in there about COVID too. I didn't know, I hadn't heard so far that they were sending any of those 
that are coming in now to Florida. I know they were sending some to um, North Carolina, which uh, I have Ken in North Carolina. I'm sure they're excited about that. And, of course, I'm sure a lot of them are staying in Texas, so I'm sure LEJ is excited about that. But, um, yeah, that's that's all I've had time for. I'll, I'll look into that tomorrow and maybe use that tomorrow night on a mini pod segment or something, see if there's more detail on it. Um, well, yeah. uh, Donald Wayne, I have some breaking news. Uh, breaking news. All right. I wish I had that uh, thing, uh, <laughs> a sound effect for breaking news, but go ahead. Breaking news. Drew Brees is retiring. Oh, my goodness. Yep. Just <laughs> announced it tonight. Well, that that might be good news for Atlanta Falcons fans since, uh, since, um, you know, New Orleans is, is the big uh, rival for uh, the Falcons. So yeah. they may have some excited people here in Atlanta tonight about that. Yeah. What well, is he about, uh, isn't he 42, 43, something like yeah, that? Yeah. He's something like that. <laughs> Old man. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we've, we've had several last into their forties, the last 10 years or so. So, especially quarterbacks. That's amazing. Yep. But I guess things weren't going all that well for, uh, for new Orleans the past couple of years. So, right. Uh, but he's made his money. As, True. True. As long as Nick Saban's not retiring, uh, no. we don't, we don't have anything to be upset about. <laughs> nope. Or that uh, the Dallas Cowboys team is for sale. <laughs> well, I haven't heard that. No. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. Well, well, actually, Dennis Lee is in Texas, so maybe he'll maybe he'll get to talk to some people while he's there and see, get the scoop on anything with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, so that was the quickie. Uh, the next thing um, I talked about last night uh Nancy Pelosi, which we seem to talk about Nancy Pelosi a lot, poor thing, but, uh, she's in support. You know, the, we talked about the Iowa seat, I think a couple of times, but, uh, that Iowa seat, that the contest was just decided last week and they seated the Republican winner and that winner only won by six votes. I, I'm, I, that's probably one of the closest races I've ever heard of anyway. Wow. Uh, so they've already seated that Republican in the house and her name is Miller Meeks, but, um, Ooh, the, somebody's showing you love. Oh, all right. Hey, thank you. Class one. I'm, I'm sorry. I can't look down. I mean, I can't look at the screen when I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to look at my notes here, but I appreciate it. Um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. So they've already seated the Republican, but uh, Hart, the Democrat who lost, which I, I believe is a woman as well, um, is contesting the results. And uh, there is a rule in the House when there's a race that close that actually the House itself can decide who the winner is. So oh. basically the House can negate uh, the, the people of Iowa who, you know, by a very, very narrow margin elected, uh, Miller Meeks. So, um, that was something that the house did back in 1969. They, they, uh, 
developed or set up this rule where, you know, in very close contest that um, the house can make a decision about whether or not they want to seat the winner or they want to, or, or they want to seat the person who lost. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So, um, and I talked about this in, in depth last night on, on the mini pod, but I, I saw a clip on it today. And of course I always liked, I haven't played too many Nancy Pelosi clips lately, but I wanted to do that one because George Stephanopoulos is talking to her about it. And uh, let me see if I can, it's, it's only, it's a little, only a little over a minute long. Let me play that. And then I'll finish my comments on that. See if that'll play there. Iowa's second congressional district. The GOP Congressman Marjorie Miller Weeks won a razor close election, six votes. The votes were counted, recounted, certified by the state. But the House Administration Committee began a process this week that could lead to unseating the Congresswoman. Okay. That has Republicans accusing you of hypocrisy, including Jim Jordan. He put out this tweet Speaker Pelosi says she's open to unseating Republican Congresswoman Miller Meeks. Translation You're only allowed to object to an election if you're a Democrat. Why investigate an election that was certified by the state? Well, it was six votes. It was six votes. And the, our candidate, Rita Hart, uh, the Democratic candidate, asked for this process. To begin. What the committee did, the House Administration Committee, uh, was very narrow to take the process to the next step and see where it goes from there. It's an election of six votes out of 400,000 votes cast. This is not unique. This has happened maybe even when you were uh, in the Capitol uh, before uh, when races had been close, one side or the other saying, let's, let's take it to the House. Because even Justice Scalia agreed that the House has the authority to seat members and therefore we can count the votes. Six votes out of 400,000. So you hear that she's making an excuse, right? She's right. saying, well, because it's such it's only it's a narrow margin of six votes, then the House has the right to decide, you know, which person we want to seat. Well, they've already seated the winning Republican. But yet now, because of Hart's uh, objection, it's gone to a Democrat. It's gone to a committee in the House and that committee can make a recommendation. They'll do some kind of investigation. Well, how do you investigate an election that's already been recounted and certified by the state you know it's funny that they really objected to that you know back in january when some other people were trying to do something similar but um so w what i have an issue with other than she's just speaking is the fact that she mentioned well you know this isn't unusual this has happened before well, the rule was only uh, created in 1969, and the last time, at least as far as I could find out, the last time it happened was 1985, and Tip O'Neill was the Speaker of the House. Probably not many people remember him other than me, but uh, he was a Democrat, and they did the same thing. A Republican won, and they removed the Republican and allowed the Democrat to to go back into that seat so yeah they've done it before and the last time it was the same situation they removed a republican and put a democrat in there that lost the race so <laughs> so what's the point in certifying the vote if they can change that well i don't know and i don't know what I don't know what the the motivation behind that ruling in 1969 was that they decided uh 
they would allow the house. And of course she mentioned that, you know, the, um, you know, supports that kind of, uh, issue. If it happens, uh, I don't know if there's a, a specific spread, you know, of, of votes that would allow them to do something like that. But, you know, again, Ohio certified the results. They did a recount in Ohio. I mean, here it is March. The election was almost five months ago and, and we're still fighting over who won that seat. <laughs> it's, but, but for them to be able to do that means that they're overriding voters and what the voters said. Yeah, but you heard her stress exactly. several times. Well, it was only six votes. We're, we're talking about six votes out of 400,000 votes. She was trying to justify what they were mm. doing. But, you know, I mean, on any contest in the world, if, if, if you win, you win. I mean, right. it doesn't matter if you win by one vote. Right. Uh, um, and especially after they've had the recount, and especially after they've been certified, and especially after the uh, representative has already been seated in Congress. So yeah. that, you know, Miller Meeks is already serving in Congress, but, and she tried to object to uh, Hart's objection, but uh, the Democrats voted her down and said, well, we're going to go ahead and look into this because Hart has a right to, to have her day in the House. So I, I just, you know, it's insanity. And, and of course, I'm surprised that George Stephanopoulos was, was questioning her about it. Um. You know, I think that's a good thing. But, of course, he wasn't pushing her very hard. Of course, no. it, was a, it was a very short clip. But uh -huh. uh, he was basically saying, well, you know, Republicans are saying, you know, this 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 isn't right. But, uh, you know, it's it's this, well, it's the same issue that was pop, popping up back in January, except it was for a different reason. It was over the presidential vote. Anybody see hypocrisy in that besides me? <laughs> is, you know, I think the way, you know, you know, Nancy is talking um, that, um, that 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 you might as well just, um, you know, award the election to the loser, which um, which, of course, that that that, you know, that that just doesn't, you know, bode well with with any of us, because, you know, if, if somebody won it fair and square, they won it fair and square. But. Right. But I know at the same time, we even have, have a right to question, you know, like the electoral results of the presidential election because, you know, because like there are just like too many news reports and allegations coming out of the widespread voter fraud and, and cheating that was going on. But but it's OK if a if a Democrat cheats, but it's but suddenly it's not OK if, um, if it's a Republican like Donald Trump. But but. But we already know they were hell bent on getting Donald Trump out of the picture, anyways. But right. but you know but 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 I think they're already already missing the guy because um, they don't have their boogeyman to to bully and pick on anymore. So what we're seeing like the cancel culture and, and people throwing each other under the bus. Right. I, I just I think it's. Um, I mean, she really when she said that about, well, this has happened before, this is not anything new, but what she fails to say in that same breath is, well, of course it was us doing the same thing again. <laughs> right. Okay. So, you know, if show us where an instance where a Republican house has done that to a Democrat that has won a seat by narrow margin, and then they've been booted out because 
you know, the Republican that lost the seat didn't want to go. Uh, it, 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 you know, if, if the people in Iowa, Robert, if he comes on tonight, I'm going to ask him if he's upset about that. <laughs> said you were trying to get a hold of him, but I guess he must be busy doing something else at this moment. Oh, that's all right. I, I just, that, you know, like I said, I, I spent some time on that last night on a mini pod episode. And I also did another one about the thing about Pelosi. That's just got me fired up is, uh, there was an article that I covered last night about, uh, a call she made right after the insurrection, uh, to the, uh, to the, uh, chairman of the joint chiefs of staff trying to get, you know, uh, Donald Trump removed from the nuclear codes and trying to see if she could take away, you know, if the, the, the chief would, uh, would agree not to allow Donald Trump to be in command of the troops. And I think we heard a little bit about that back in January. There were, I know it was on the news a couple mm -hmm. of times about Nancy Pelosi was trying to get Donald Trump separated from the nuclear codes and like, you know, what was he going to go? Was he going to launch a nuclear strike against somebody because he lost the election or because he, he thought that the election was fraudulent and and he was upset? And so he's going to go wipe out, you know, several million people or somewhere in the world. <laughs> I mean, this woman really we talk about Joe Biden and, and his mental capabilities, but yet I swear Nancy Pelosi does some of the silliest things yep. that, that makes you wonder how in the world she's third in line for president of the United States. Scared. <laughs> <You're right about> <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if there's been any more reason to keep the president and the vice president in great health, there's it. That's it right there. There's it. There's it. Yeah, that's, that's the Texas draw. Uh, so... Let's see. Well, I got one more thing here, I think. And then, well, and speaking of Nancy Pelosi, her birthday is on March 26th. Oh, really? And you have oh, that yeah, on her, your her, calendar, her, Eric? That <laughs> I mean, I just pulled pulled her name up. Oh. you know, just now. You know, she, I think th this year she'll be 81 years old. Wow. Um, well, it, it's time to retire, Nancy. When does she come <laughs> up for election again? 2022 yeah oh, okay but but no but knowing her she's gonna probably probably run again and um and um and the people in her district are just going to continue to send her back because i i guess they must really love her that much which which i know that's a very sad truth that they are but i think the sad truth is uh, the biggest majority of those politicians that have been there too long if they're not going to retire um they're probably there till the day they die <laughs> but, well, you know that's, and I know I think it's sad too. But Dem Democrats, but this is why we really that. need term limits. Have you noticed that Democrats seem to try to hang in there until, till you know they're on their last leg, until they um, just shrivel up and die. Yeah, it's I'm uh, Maxine. Um, she's a, eighty-one years old this oh, year. There's my other favorite person in in the whole world. Yeah. Oh yeah. But she's been kind of silent lately. I guess they didn't really need her to run her mouth. Uh, well, well another like. fellow Californian to theirs, Diane Feinstein. She will be 88 in June, I believe. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. And well, she's you, up for re-election in 2024. But 
don't know if she's going to, she might as well just go ahead and retire and enjoy the time that she has left with family and friends. And instead, because I can't see her um, making it another six more years. Um, Okay. Go ahead. But I digress. (laughs) Were you going to say something, Crimson? No, uh, I'm sorry. I was going to say, so what does it say about California that, you know, your best candidate is an 88 year old person that's been in, (laughs) been in that job for so many years that, uh, I mean, isn't there some new younger people that want to come in and, and, and kind of, uh, take over? I mean, why in the world? Of course, I'm going to give Feinstein a little bit of slack because, (laughs) uh, some people in Cal, especially San Francisco are, are mad at her. Um, and they're trying to take her name off uh, a school in San Francisco because she allowed a Confederate flag to be flown over. Uh, I guess it was the city hall or something back in the eighties, something like that. So they're, uh, the far left radicals are upset with her. And so her name, the school that was named after her was on the list that they were going to remove that because of that one issue called you know, whether they didn't actually call her a, a, a racist, but they're saying, you know, her conduct and allowing that flag to be flown as long as it was. Um, and I think she was mayor back then when that flag was actually being flown over City Hall. But, yeah, so I, I'll give her a little slack because she's she's already pissed off the people over there in the far <laughs> left. So now she kind of knows what it's like to be a Republican in California. Uh, one more quick thing here, and then we'll then um, if you want to do the uh, this day in history, Crimson, uh, that that would be wonderful. Let All right. Uh, this is you know, and I've said before, I've used Huckabee's Morning Edition, and he actually has a, a an Evening Edition newsletter as well. And I pull a lot of stuff from from Huckabee because uh, he has I like his sense of humor. He he tends to to uh, try to do articles with a little bit of uh, humor, even though sometimes they're not, you know, they're not humorous subjects. But uh, there's a short one here in today's morning edition, and it says that ever since Los Angeles elected its far-left district attorney, George Gasson, Gascon, Gascon, I think, and he began emptying jails and refusing to prosecute criminals under the guise of justice reform. Crime in LA has been skyrocketing. Here's how brazen criminal criminals have become in Los Angeles. A convicted murderer currently serving 40 to life in San Quentin released a video of him partying with his cellmate and toasting Gascon with prison moonshine. Mm to celebrate what he calculates will be his impending release under Gascon's compassionate new policies. Let's see if I've got Have they that. lost their mind? <laughs> well, first of all, I, I, I know that there's contraband in prison. I, I mean, we've heard those stories all the time, but uh, you know, the fact that he, he posted a, a video and it's short. I've got just, let's see if you can even understand what he's saying here. Um, I think it's this one. Well, let's see. <laughs> right here in a new Folsom seat facility, right here with my city. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, it's real short. It's Monday night right here in a new Folsom seat facility, right here with my city. Some white lightning. It's a little cuff. Boom. Salute. Celebrating us going home on this Gaskin direct. Oh, <laughs> it's Monday night. So anyway, he, he's celebrating uh, with a little moonshine uh, that Gascon might be able to let him have an early release. And this is a convicted murderer we're talking about, serving mm. 40 to life. I don't know how many years he's been in there, but looking at the video, he doesn't look like a real old guy. So I would imagine he hasn't been in there too many years. Mm. Um, Good so old anyway, California. Uh, right. Oh, it gets worse. <laughs> the, <laughs> my my uh, story for later on is it gets worse. But... Um, Anyway, Huckabee said... Uh, Too bad Slightly is not here for this California story. I know. I, I probably should start letting him know when I'm going to talk about his home state. So, you know, if he... <laughs> yeah, so in. if he comes in. <laughs> but but um, he, he seems to agree with a lot of that. Don't, don't you think, Eric? Doesn't he seem to agree with um, that messed up California? Well, he's an, I know he's not a fan of liberal politics out there, that's for sure. Um, but I know... Um, you know, I know you and Dennis enjoy having him come on um, to talk yeah. about it um, whenever he's not doing his show. But, of course, yeah. I know he's been kind of a little bit busy with other things. But but I know, um, yeah, I guess if he listens to this published show on download, um, he'll probably incorporate some of it into his show. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, uh, well, let me finish this and I got a comment to make about that. Uh, so anyway, uh Huckabee said, well, personally, I'd prefer to see this guy stay in prison and send him a new cellmate. And guess who I'd nominate for that position? Wonder is that inmates celebrated using the COVID check that Biden's bunch is sending to some of the inmates across the country. Mm. But uh, anyway, Huckabee was saying that uh, he would like to see that Gascon person be sent to, to prison and then he could become that guy's cellmate. Uh. So... I just don't, I don't know. How, I mean, you know, if, if these people post these videos, do they not punish them when they see these things online or is nobody? What could they do? Them? They're in jail. They're in well, prison they can, now. They can put them in solitary confinement or something, <laughs> which honestly, if I had to be in prison, that's where I'd want to be. <laughs> put yeah. me in solitary confinement. I do not want to share a cell with anybody. <laughs> um, but yeah, that thing last week, was it last week, Eric, when Slightly called in and fooled us and, and we, we refused to let him on? You you weren't on yet, but because uh, Dennis Lee and I didn't know who it was. You remember that? Eric? <laughs> I've lost Eric. Okay. Well, anyway, that was, oh, Eric, we lost him. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, we didn't know. We didn't know it slightly. And it took probably about 10 minutes of prompting. Whoop, he's calling back. He's calling back. Yeah. Let me let me get the bouncing ball back in here. Hey, Eric. Um, my, my, my phone kind of glitched out on me. I was trying to unmute, and I must have accidentally kicked myself off. Um, I'm, I've got a lot of apps on here. And then, of course, I know the Telegram app blows up on my phone like crazy. <laughs> I was just talking about last week. I think it was when Slightly tried to call in and surprise us that night. Oh, gonna, yeah. And we didn't know who he was. So, you know, we refused to let him on. I was asking Dennis. I was texting Dennis. Said, do you know who this is? 
think he was coming on as Scotty. And Dennis said, no. I said, well, should I let him on? And he said, no. So <laughs> it wasn't until it started happening in the chat room that we saw people say it's slightly, it's slightly. So that was funny. It may not have been funny for slightly, but it was funny for us. All right. Well, let's see. That's all of my little, my little chatter items there. So Crimson, if you want to do this day in history, we don't have music for that, but if you want to just jump right into it. Well, I'm going to try. Um, <laughs> it's big. So shoes this, to this day in history, March 14th, uh, there's a lot of birthdays, but I've only picked out a few. So today is Billy Crystal's birthday. We love oh. Billy Crystal. Oh, cool. And Quincy Jones, the big music producer, Michael Caine. And like here's Michael one. Caine. Yep, here's one for you, uh, Donald Wayne. It's Hank Ketchum's birthday. Now, Hank, Hank Ketchum is an American cartoonist. Oh, I know, I know. What? Oh, go ahead. I know who it is. Okay, go ahead. I, I know, but what what is he famous for? Isn't it Dennis the Menace? Yes. Hey. The brain cell kick. I'm going to give myself a clap. On yeah. That. Well, that's believe. an old one. Yeah. So, uh, oh. <laughs> I can't believe I remembered that. So, um, also, this day in history, it was the first time the FBI posted the first most wanted fugitives. And the first man on that list was a Thomas Holden. And he had killed his wife and her two brothers and they captured him. But he was the first guy on the most, the 10 most wanted lists. When was and that? Um, 1950, a, oh. a while ago. Yeah. But here's another one for you to, to think about, to give me the answer. So. Uh -oh. <laughs> Uh, on this day in history, uh, in the first courtroom verdict to be televised in the United States, this man was found guilty of murder in 1964. Do you know who he is? 1964. Was it, was it Jack Ruby? It was. Oh. And who did he kill? Um, Lee Harvey Oswald. See? Old stuff yep. you can remember. Yeah. <laughs> Just give me 40 years, 50 years, and I can... It, yeah. Well... Yeah. Uh, of course, you know, a lot of people believe that was a, a setup. They allowed Jack yeah. Ruby. Of course, he was friends with half of the Dallas Police Department back then anyway, but... So didn't he own some kind of uh, pub or something, some kind of bar? I don't um, like um, like a strip joint, um, from what yeah. I've heard. Yeah, it, it was it was a, a gentleman's club. <laughs> yeah, in Dallas. Uh, yeah, and he was well kind of, known kind of like by a police nightclub. officers. Yeah, he he was well known by police officers, which is the reason they gave for allowing him to get so close to to leave Harvey Oswald that day. But you know, I'm sure. If you've seen the pictures uh, from that day, which, you know, if anybody ever didn't have a chance to say he wasn't guilty, it was Jack Ruby. <laughs> but, um, yeah, he, he got extremely close. And a lot of people believe that 
the Dallas Police Department, either one, hated Lee Harvey so bad that they wanted they wanted swift justice, or uh, it was a cover up, depending on how you feel about uh, JFK's assassination. Yep, but right. well, I can't believe so I, I I thought there was another <laughs> case on on live before then, but. No, it says the first courtroom verdict to be televised in the United States. Well, what gave it away for me was the fact that you said 1964, and it almost had to have something to do with with, uh, JFK. That's why I held that to last, because I knew you'd know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, cool. Well, that's it. This day in history. Oh, that's a short, short day in history. All right. You know, it was kind of spur of the moment, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Thank you. Sure. Um, so, Eric, since you didn't get Robert, I I don't have music um, for this day in history, but. Probably uh, like the calendar date segment and stuff. Um, Eric, you can sing. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I mean, I could I could try buzzing Robert one more time to no. see if I can get him no. in here. That's, That's all right. okay. Um, if somebody can talk for about a minute, I, I can probably pull one up. But, you know, it's not. It's not <laughs> yeah. You got something nah. you can say there for a minute, Eric? No, you just go uh, ahead. Not really. <laughs> don't, don't you hate that impromptu stuff? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's yeah. why I have mountains of notes. I just texted him question marks. All right. So All right. We, we have... Um, we have six items for this day in history. It's it's March is a busy month for for these days, but I'm not going to elaborate on all of them because they're they're not again they're not all biggie items. But the first thing on the list is National Children's Craft Day, and this these things the reason I do these because sometimes these are the only uh, lighthearted moments that we can have on, on when we're talking politics. So, but anyway, today was national children's craft day and this day celebrates crafting with children by opening children's eyes to the worlds of craft. We spark their imagination. And from there, the possibilities are endless as with adults, crafting reduces stress in children. Well, if I knew that crafting reduced reduced stress in adults, I, I probably would have gone out and bought some stuff to <laughs> some crafting things because I could have used them uh, for the last eight and nine months with the political situation in this country. So that's it on the National Children's Craft Day. The next day is National Learn About Butterflies Day. Now that's a that's a nice thing. Uh, eat, <laughs> Each year, the celebration brings with it an awareness of the varieties of butterflies and their importance to our survival. Did anybody realize how how much uh, butterflies are responsible for pollination in, in this world? Um, I never really thought about it that way, although I, I knew that they did pollinate, but uh, they're rated right up there with bees and bats. And did you know that bats were good pollinators, too? But, um, yeah. Interesting. Uh, yeah, well, you know, because they eat stuff and then they poop everywhere and then that <laughs> that, that pollinates. But um, anyway, so butterflies. Uh, pollinators such as the monarch butterfly and the honeybee have been in decline in recent years. Uh, butterflies need our help to survive as they rely on flowers and other natural resources for survival. 
we can help them by planting more flowers. I know in Texas, we had acres and acres and acres of flowers in the spring where the butterflies were crazy. Um, now in Georgia, we have a place called Callaway Gardens. Uh, it's down in South Georgia. Uh, um, I, think I think it's, it's down near like Columbus and LaGrange. Yeah, I was trying to decide whether it was further down than Columbus, but I know it's on the way down t- towards Columbus. And uh, in the spring, they have a, a butterfly uh, section in Callaway Gardens, and you it's a it's got uh, nets all around in this room. And you go in there in the springtime, and I mean, there's hundreds of butterflies just flying all around the room. They'll land thousands. on you. Oh, thousands. Yeah, I guess thousands would be a better. Thousands. And it's, it's really a neat, neat experience. If you've never been able to, to do something like that, of course, again, most of y'all aren't near Georgia, but uh, it's, it's kind of cool. Um, some butterflies like the monarch migrate from Mexico to, to the northern U.S. every year and sometimes even as far north as the southern parts of Canada, which is a distance of about 2,500 or 3,000 miles. That seems like a long way for something so tiny and so (laughs) fragile to be able to fly. I mean, I I never thought about them migrating that far. Of course, monarchs are are the larger ones. But I thought they only lived for 24 hours or something. Is that not true? Well, I'm glad you brought that up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> some, some butterflies have a wingspan of up to 11 inches, but butterflies in their adult stage can live from a week to nearly a year, depending on the oh. species. So some butterfly, mm-hmm. of course, you know, uh, birds love to eat butterflies. So, you know, that's, that's kind of hazardous for them to be flying around, at least way up in the air. But yeah, I didn't realize butterflies would live that long. I didn't either. So that's National Butterfly Day. Uh, it's also National Pie Day. Pie, and pie. I pie. Love pie. <laughs> well, it's not that pie. Uh, oh. this, re- this refers to the mathematical constant oh. in, <laughs> yeah, and not the kind of pie that you stuff in your mouth. I think we did a pie day. Uh, I don't know. It was probably before Christmas. Uh, we do so many food items. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's the mathematical mm-hmm. pie. Uh, food item, National Potato Chip Day. Um, mm. This day celebrates America's number one snack food, it says. I don't, I, I don't know. There'd probably be people that would argue with that. But um, the first potato chip appeared in 1853. Uh, there was a restaurant owner. doesn't say where he was, but um, he. California. He, he, <laughs> that could be. Could be. <laughs> Uh, he had a customer that kept sending the potatoes back because he said they were too soggy and he just didn't like them. So this uh, particular restaurant owner decided to slice his potatoes extremely thin and then fry them into a crisp. And then he would sprinkle salt on them. And they were originally called Saratoga chips, which if you remember, I believe Saratoga was a name for uh, some of the wagons that, that went westward. In the 1800s, wasn't it Saratoga? Yeah, wagons, wagon trains. (laughs) I think they were called Saratogas, I believe. Hmm. Somebody somebody has a way to fact check me on that. But so anyway, that's the National Potato Chip Day. Hey, Chris. And uh, next one is National Write Down Your Story Day. And it says, you may think to yourself, there's nothing in my life to tell. 
or there's nothing in my life I want to tell. It will surprise you once when you put your pen to paper or your fingertips to a keyboard and the words start to fill the pages. Words have a way of triggering memories. They form a moment in time, and before you know it, there's a story flowing. Even if you never share your tale, it can be an essence of who you are and where you've been in your life. So you can always write your story and then tuck it away in your stuff. And then when you're gone, you know, people will find it and say, hey, I didn't know Uncle Louie did this. So, um, but there, you know, I have done similar things, but not to any great extent and certainly not my entire life. That would take way too long. But uh, it there is kind of a a neat quality to being able to put your story down or, or certain stories in your life that maybe you can share with somebody someday. And I think the last thing on the list, let me see. Uh, the last thing on the list is national daylight savings time. And I don't need to talk about that because it's already happened. Yeah. <laughs> right. The best thing I can say um, about like that the- is we'll spend the next six months waiting for, to get that hour back. Right. Yes, Eric. Um, and like Go Youth down in the chat, um, the Dayton, Ohio-based Mike Sells Potato Chip Company, founded in 1910, identifies as the oldest potato chip company in the United States. New England-based Trisome Potato Chips, founded in 1908 as the Leo Minster Potato Chip Company in Leo Minster, Massachusetts, claims to be America's first potato chip manufacturer. Uh, um, but I guess the question is, is like, you know, who would like patented it? Well, actually this guy is just, uh, credited. Um, and probably if you go to national, um, calendar day, there, there's probably more to that story than I read tonight. Cause I was just trying to hit the high points. It only says that he made uh-huh. the first potato chip or at least one that was recorded. It did not say that he, manufactured them or did anything beyond that he was just making them for his own restaurant so uh yeah it's or it just picked up and and other people started making them too yeah yeah he probably somebody beat him to it uh make manufacturing them and making money off of them he probably just uh used them for his restaurant but yeah if you go to national calendar day you may be able to see what where that restaurant was oh. and uh, who did it Thanks for the coffees there, um, Chris, from the Forgotten Tunes Music Show. Thank you. We appreciate it. We need a little caffeine for sure. I wish I had my cup up here with me. Yeah, and um, and to those just joining us, this, of course, is the Sunday edition of Trice Talk, and we certainly encourage friends listening to us live to share the show out, and, and please give us a follow if you're new here so you'll get updates when we go live and um, and when Donald Wayne publishes new episodes, in, including the, this episode and the mini pods, and um, and I'll be plugging shows a little bit later, and, and also how you can get in touch with Trice Talk. Yes, we appreciate y'all joining us tonight. In case uh, for those of you that have just come in the last few minutes, um, if you're looking for Dennis Lee, Dennis Lee is going to be out tonight, and. Tuesday night's episode of Trice Talk. Uh, he's traveling. Uh, he had a, a slight emergency. Uh, nothing critical for him, of course, but uh, he'll be back. Uh, should be back for a wacky Wednesday. So he gets to come back for yes. the fun stuff. Um, and there, there's a chance he may sneak in here on Tuesday night, but 
uh, we're not planning on it right now. So, but anyway, if you're looking for Dennis Lee, that's, that's where he's at and he will be back. All right. Uh, where are we now? We got through this day in history. We've got the calendar day and, um, we're doing pretty good on time here, Eric. I'm, I must be going too fast or something. <laughs> I, well, Tom flies and you have fun, Donald Blaine. Uh, I right, guess Crimson? that's what it is. I guess that's what it is. I think Ellie J would be in agreement if she was here. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was surprised that, that she didn't come back after we talked about Texas, uh, the, the eyes of Texas, uh, about a week ago, maybe a little more than a week ago, because I just knew that she would research that and come back and have a story on it. But, uh, Hadn't been back uh-huh. yet, so you know. Actually, maybe she'll be Texas, here Tuesday. Uh, Texas has opened up now, so she's probably trying to make up for for being closed in for almost a year. Because um, I, I, I believe everything in Texas is open right now, isn't it? I believe. I, think I believe, so. I believe they've lifted like restrictions and stuff, but I know that 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 the Biden administration is not very happy about it, and then. And I think, like y'all talked about earlier, I think Florida reopened, and then, and I think DeSantis is also suing Biden. <laughs> um, speaking of Biden again, and this is this is off the the schedule here. I'm just going to do this off the cuff. But anybody catch the uh, the little speech the other night about uh, COVID progress and all that? Yeah, I got real pumped up after he gave that speech. <laughs> well, um, you know, some people have have given him a hard time because basically he gave Donald Trump no credit for getting the vaccine uh, in record time last year. Warp speed. Warp speed. Thank you. And um, he pretty much said. I'm paraphrasing that, you know, when they took over, nothing had been done. So, you know, it's a bold-faced line, and a lot of people call him out on it. But I just, you know, if he had at least given Donald Trump credit for that effort last year or his administration, and it doesn't have to be Donald Trump personally, but, you know, uh, just the administration credit for getting that vaccine in record time or getting a vaccine or two, I guess we got, we had two come up, didn't we, uh, by December and, uh, just give him credit for that. If you can still hate the guy and you can still say what you want, but you know, when people, even bad people do good things, uh, you know, give a little shout out, but he took credit for all of it. And, um, well, the newscaster, they were kind of taking bets on whether he was going to acknowledge that or not. Were they? Oh yeah. They talked about it before his speech that day. They were, I wonder if they're going to say anything about Trump and the vaccines and well, nope, he didn't say anything. Well, I guess uh, maybe he was afraid to, or maybe he forgot Donald Trump's name. I don't don't know. It wasn't on a teleprompter. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, you know they're not going to they're not going to say anything nice about what happened before he took office but i i'm really every time i see this this president in front of the microphone i really feel bad for him i hate to see him talk i hate to see him when he walks away from the microphone 
That's and, very painful. And the last time, I mean, that's a long walk from that podium back to that door in the back of the, in the background. Um, yeah. It's just, you know, they ought to have something a little closer for him to get off camera instead of yeah. us having watch him walk down there. But, um, you know, something I saw tonight uh, that, that Dr. Fauci had uh, requested that um, they said the former president to reach out to the Republicans about the getting the vaccine. Mm -hmm. I thought that was kind of an odd thing for him to do. So say that again. I, I... Dr. Fauci asked uh, the former president, is the way he put it, to um, ask Republicans to get their vaccine because it seems like Republicans are a little more resistant to get in line. I don't know, but he did say that or it is written in some of the, I don't know, Twitter or something. I don't remember what I read. So now they're going to accuse Republicans of not wanting to get the vaccine. <laughs> well, they, Fauci was asking Trump to to make a plea or to to ask them to go ahead and get their vaccines. Well, okay. Um, that you know the stories that I've heard in the, in recent months uh, has nothing to do with Republicans not wanting to get their vaccine. Uh, there's a certain segments of the population that are resistant and, and not trusting uh, the vaccine. So, you know, there's been mostly on the Democrat side that have been unwilling or at least they express uh, that they're unwilling to uh, trust the vaccine at this point in time. Well, a lot of people not just don't right. trust vaccines, period. Not well, just I this you know, they they don't even take yeah. flu shots or they won't take anything. And uh, just because they don't want something put in their body that, you know, could cause them to be sick or something. Yeah, well, I think you do hit a good point, Crimson, that they are probably not 100 percent convinced that it's safe. Yeah. You know, and then I know then you even have the conspiracy theorists who who, who swear it's all about government control. But but I know that that right there is is going to always be up for debate no matter what. Yeah. Well, I, I did see a negative tweet today. Um, I, I don't remember if it was on Parler or if it was on Twitter. Well, I guess if it's a tweet, it had to be on Twitter, wouldn't it? But <laughs> um, it it was saying that all you people have been getting these shots that the government tells you are safe you know, wait till you find out what's going to happen. I'm like, Oh, here we go. <laughs> here we go. Well, you know, I'll have to say that I'm not, I do not like shots. I do not like anybody to stick a needle in me. <laughs> um, you know, that's, that's why I would never make a good drug addict because, well, that and a number of other reasons, but just because I can't, I can't stand needles, but I've become accustomed to them because the older you get, the more people want to stick holes in you. Um, every time you turn around six months, you know, they want to draw blood or they want to, uh, give you a vaccination for something. And I've kind of gotten used to it, but, uh, I think some people were afraid of the vaccine because it was developed so quickly. And, um, you know, that's. And, and who are we to say the government tells you to get these vaccines and we go and line up and take vaccines. 
I remember back in the years when um, they put out the polio vaccine and everybody went to schools and lined up and took their sugar cube and, and ate it and then walked out the door, never thought a thing about it. Yeah, I love the sugar mm-hmm. cube. Now, that that was my favorite thing. Uh, yeah. I always look forward yeah, and then, to those. And then I, and I know people like of like like Dennis's generation, like the, like the Gen Xers and, and younger baby boomers, like some of them like even have like that, that vaccine scar on their arm from where they got smallpox vaccine. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but I mean, I, like I've personally never got that, but I think, um, probably when my generation, since I'm an older millennial, um, you know, I, I don't think that they've been, you know, Given those to 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 the millennials and post millennials, like they did, like your older Gen Xers and the and the baby boomers and older generations, right? Well, there and and some people had some reactions to some of those shots, and and some of oh, the yeah. scar, some people scarred worse than others too. Uh, True, with some of those vaccinations over the years, but. You know, I and mean, then you even have um, with the, with the vac- with the vaccines, you even have like the the crowd of people who swears that like the vaccines that that you know were given to kids as babies and stuff, you know, contributed to the autism you know epidemic. Yeah, yeah. Was that but, the measles vaccine that they were saying? The that measles, was- mumps, and rubella. Um, yeah, you yeah, know, that, that that that's what I've heard. Um, like like they had, like put like bad ingredients in them, like to contribute to it or or to cause like, like genetic, you know, genetic abnormalities. Yeah. But you know, I don't think anybody should have to take vaccines if they don't want to, you know, uh, you know, especially if it goes against like their religious beliefs and whatnot. Um, but, but another thing like about like this COVID vaccine being, being developed so quickly, traditionally um, it takes years, if not decades to, yeah. to develop vaccines and some, I even raised a relevant question. If they came up with a COVID vaccine this quickly, why haven't they already came up with the cure for cancer or any other deadly illnesses? Or how do they know for sure that these vaccines are going to, you know, conquer COVID? Because mm-hmm. how could they have tested them so quickly? Exactly. Um, you know, and you probably have to wonder, like, wh- like where is the FDA on this and, and the Department of Health and Human Services? True. Well, I think they fast lined it, and, and knowing that obviously the risk of, of probably not for political points with, more likely. Well, coming not coming up with a vaccine looked like it was going to end up causing us to have to stay closed indefinitely. That was the argument, and can you imagine if, if people weren't getting vaccinated now, where we would be with opening up things in the country? All uh, right. Just I, I was going to comment on just duck she typed in something there a minute ago and and i was a little hesitant about getting the vaccine but i've had both of my shots and and so far (laughs) i i haven't experienced anything i think i felt a little little flu-like symptoms maybe the first week but i mean i didn't feel bad at all and really my arm wasn't as hard uh, uh hurt as bad as i thought it would either well, I think we've noticed sometimes your tongue gets twisted, and I was wondering if that was part of the vaccine. Uh, well, that's just uh, no. I don't know what that is, other than um, not Could drinking the, enough water. 
Well, it could be the Biden effect, too. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, age does slow those things down. <laughs> you know, you, the, the trip from your brain to your tongue is, is much further the older you get. And it's, it's uh, got lots of distractions, so I can't. I try. <laughs> but as long as, funny. as long as it's funny and somebody gets kicked out of it, I'm all right with it. Make fun of me all you want. All right. But, um, yeah, a lot of people, I mean, have gotten it. And, and I haven't heard of any adverse reactions in this country yet that I know of. I think there were some initially, like in Europe. But uh, there are some countries that are not giving their citizens the opportunity to say they don't want it. They're they're forcing you to have it. Oh. But now they they're they can't force us here, especially yeah. if you if you want to object because of religious reasons. But if they're talking about this system of where you've got to have these cards in order to be allowed to travel or especially leave the country and then come back into the country, uh, you know, that may become an issue for some people. But and then um, people say, oh, we've got to have a card for that, but we don't have to have a card to vote. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, I think somebody actually made that argument on. It, it, again, it was probably Twitter, something about, yeah, you want to require people to have a card for that, but you don't care if they prove who they are when they want to vote. But if they let everybody vote online, it's not it's not going to matter anyway. Uh, they're going to have a heart. I mean, you know, uh, how are you going to prove who's there at that house using that computer? You know, it's just. Well, uh, funny you mentioned like, like the voting, of course, like I, I do the weekly free think meetings and we even had a discussion about um, like, like when the 2022 midterms comes around, um, don't be surprised if, um, if another pandemic gets cooked, cooked up next year so they can carry out another one of those 2020 style voter fraud schemes. Well, Biden almost alluded to that in his speech the other night. If you listen, well, I guess somebody had to, had to stop him short of that. If that be the case, well, because I think um, he might be going to let the cat out of the bag. Yeah. He, just kind of said, well, you know, if none of these variants, you know, caught, I mean, we're going to be able to start opening up slowly if, if none of these variants become a problem. And he's saying, if people don't follow the precautions that we've set out right now, then we could end up having to close up again. So he's left that door open and I'm sure they would, I have no doubt that they wouldn't use it again. And they, they found themselves a golden cow with this issue. Uh, how they can control a lot, everything they want to control in this country. Uh, well, they also said that, um, I don't remember where, but like Europe uh, is experiencing another spike right now, and we're usually three or four weeks behind that. So they're anticipating another spike in the summer. Well, um, you know, I'm sure that, people are going to jump on that real quick if something happens in texas i love all the tweets that i've been seeing lately about people that are are defiant against the government i mean some i can't read most of them because of the language they use but (laughs) not on not on this show i could call in and use it on 
on tall tales, but uh, people are just basically telling the government they can shove it. Uh, we're going to start doing yeah. what we want to do. We're going to, you know, we can have four or five people over for Fourth of July. Are you kidding? <laughs> so, uh, well, um, you know, like you know, if, you know, you know, like if we had, God forbid, another another pandemic to shut shut things down, or are the government trying to dictate, um, you know, like how many people you can have have over, like for like Sunday dinner or the Fourth of July or any other holiday or birthday? The, the only thing that that, that that would really be a problem is people would start revolting against the government. Well, I think we've already seen even before the election last year. But that year, wouldn't be the first time. Yeah. It wouldn't people, be the last. People are already rebelling and doing doing things that they wanted to do and, and so forth, um, mm -hmm. especially, especially in California, the beach issue and people <laughs> talking about, you know, you can't go to the beach, yet most of the medical experts said, uh, being out in the sun is one of the best things for you. That it's it's a a good agent. Well, sunlight to, is to, the best disinfectant, right? To uh, because of the vitamin D that it helps fight mm -hmm. you know fight off the infection or help you prevent from getting it. So right. So you know it's spring break again, and the kids are already down in Miami. And... Oh really? Yep. Well, I well, Florida. To to Florida. Florida's open, right? All of Florida's yeah. open. Georgia's, Georgia, all, uh, Georgia schools are open. We've been yeah. open since January. Yeah, schools are going in Georgia. Um, I I don't know if all the restrictions have been lifted. Of course, everywhere that I go, they still have signs outside <laughs> the business say wear a mask. So, and I'm going to keep wearing it until yeah. till. Uh, Till the signs come down. I think if a business wants you to wear a mask, then that's their right to ask you to wear a mask. Right. Well, I know like, like here in Georgia, and I don't think that the DeKalb County schools have, have fully opened back up to, to kids coming back in the classrooms. I think the, the biggest majority of them are still doing the on, online virtual learning, but in, in like Gwinnett County, I think they're, they're allowing students to come back to the school buildings, but I think they're keeping it at limited capacity and giving parents the option to do like for kids to do virtual learning or come back into the school building. But another issue that I get raised about like kids being in schools is like the lunch program and, and like families that don't have much, if nothing at all, or can't afford to buy groceries. Usually kids only meal of the day would sadly be the, be the school lunch. Right. Well, some schools cook breakfast because that kids too. didn't have anything to eat. Yeah. But I that, think, that is true, too. I think these schools up North Georgia are going Welcome, Monday, Monday, Tuesday, and then they're virtual on Wednesday, and then they're back mm -hmm. Thursday and Friday. So four days a week, they're in school. Uh -huh. oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Hey, Sean. Uh, yeah, I have I have some family in North Georgia. Um, and uh, I, I, was it California? Now they're, they're still arguing about whether they're going to go back right. so far. Of course, the union. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, slightly, we've had a show about the California schools. <laughs> well, I tell you what, if, if I get to do, get to do this story that I have on here, which is not – I mean, I, I've always used these later on if I need to. But 
uh, we probably need, we probably don't want kids going to school in California based on everything that I read about that place. Yeah. That's, they've got the, the nuttiest people I've ever seen controlling uh, the school systems in California. I mean, I'm That's- talking about the larger cities. I, I know there are some Republican spots in, in the state, but. Mm-hmm. But least- it's a board. Board of Education is deciding what the curriculum is. But where are the parents? I mean, can these people absolutely believe in some of the stuff that these school boards are wanting to to uh, start teaching these kids? New York's the same way. Yeah. Um, well, it's it's anti-American. Yeah. It's 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 reverse racist. I mean, and and they're getting away with it. I mean, if I had if I was living in California, number one, you couldn't if they offered me. $10,000 a month, I wouldn't live in California if they paid me to live there. But if I had a child, if I lived in California and had a child in school, that would be it. They would not mm-hmm. be going going to public school in California, especially after I read this article that I read today and, and, and what they're now, you know, some of the things that, that we talk about here are, are proposals and they may not have been passed yet, but the the fact that people even talk about them makes me concerned about the sanity of the people in California controlling the school systems. Right. I, I do not. I'd love to have a conversation with slightly about his take on, I don't know if San Diego is as bad as, as the rest of the uh, rest of the state. Um, you're more than welcome to email slightly to see if he might be available to come on like on a Tuesday or a Thursday to talk about it. Yeah. Hey, come on slightly. We're, we're going to, this is trash California day and just wondered if you'd be interested (laughs) (laughs) and just want to give you a chance to, to stand up. And I know there's got to be some good people in California. You know, when we just like Democrats, you know, we, Mm -hmm. we make fun of the Democrat party, but there are a lot of good Democrats in this country. I can't believe that everybody that's a registered Democrat yeah. believes in the garbage that Joe Biden and, and Nancy Pelosi and some of these other uh, people, I'm trying to be nice, people are okay. trying to do with this country. I just can't believe it. And as I've well, said before, um, historically, my family has been Democrats. Uh, I was one of the first rebels in, well, in the family. You know, I, I think the word that would really de- de- describe de- Dems like Pelosi and AOC and, and Maxine and others, I mean, they're, they're just a bunch of idiots is what they are. <laughs> but but the only the worthwhile Democrats you have are um, like Joe Manchin of West Virginia and Tulsi Gabbard of Hawaii. But And it's a wonder that they haven't switched from Democrat to Republican. Yeah. The opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of the management. <laughs> <laughs> but I digress. <laughs> but I I do agree with you, Eric. I was just fooling with you on that. Yeah, it, it, I, I don't know. They, they're rewriting history books. They, they're they're talking about uh, well, doing schools don't with, teach common sense anymore. They're they're doing away with right. language, uh, English books because they you know they're turning it into political statements. English teaching English. Yeah. They want to rewrite the English core. language. Um, math. They can. They politicize math. Um, yeah. I, I, I with, just with, with the common with the Common Core curriculum, and then in the 
you know, reading and writing, they, they no longer teach cursive handwriting. If I were in power in China or Russia or some of these other countries that, that really hate us uh, or want to see us fail, I, I'd be jumping up and down. I mean, they've got to be celebrating what's going on in this country right now. And it's almost like this election has probably left the their door. you know what off. Oh, yeah, I, I'm sure. Uh, but this election's opened the door for every radical thought that anybody could have about what should be done in this country and in the direction we should be going. And uh, do they not realize that if, if they destroy everything that made this country and made it such a wonderful place for people to, to risk their life to come here, that there's nowhere else to go. Once, once, once we've been brought to our knees, there's nowhere else to go where life can, can be like, a, you know, you have the potential to be here. There's no guarantee that you're going to have a wonderful life if you come to this country or if, if you're born and, and live here, but you have the opportunity if you're willing to, to uh, work hard and, and pursue your dreams. So, but they seem hell bent to, to, uh, to tear it down. Um, okay, so let me talk a little bit more about California then. Let me go into my article and see what time we got here. I may, I may have to jump through some well, of it. It's about so. to be 12.15 a.m. <laughs> oh, my clock says... Uh, oh, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, the clock on the wall I haven't reset, but fortunately, the computer resets itself. So, uh, well, you know, computers and, and our, our, you know, smartphone devices phone. are you know, automatic, but, <laughs> but clocks like your range or your microwave or, or, a or a clock in the car, you have to set those, um, manually. And if they, if they're not programmed automatically to reset. Yeah. I, for some reason, uh, I don't know why in my car, I have to reset the time when, you know, it's got wi-fi and everything else um and, and mm -hmm. i have I, it but that's one thing that i have to do everything else it pretty i mean the silly thing almost drives itself but yet i have to reset the clock i don't understand that i guess that would have well, cost my to crawl is the same way really yeah i mean well but it's a base model anyways spend a little bit more money and, uh, and the clock will reset itself automatically. I mean, <laughs> and I don't truck, even pay for a series XM subscription either. Well, <laughs> I do because I cannot stand commercials and I go nuts. It seemed like every time I, well, I used to in my, in my old beat up truck that I've been driving for almost 20 years. I mean, it, it doesn't have, you know, I don't have serious XM in there, but, um, but I do in my car and, and, immediately I get in there, I've set it on some radio station with, or some station with no commercials, or I stream my phone on there and, and, and listen to uh, Spotify because I cannot handle the commercials. I mean, and the ones that you have to listen to in the car, I think are worse than the ones that you have to listen to on TV. Sometimes. My, 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 aren't we spoiled? <laughs> well, I just, you know, there's only so much commercials that I can take. And and some of the ridiculous stuff. And then the same ones over and over. All right. So this first story, which will be the only story tonight, <laughs> is another one from uh, Mike Huckabee's Morning Edition newsletter. 
And it's, it's, he breaks it down into categories. And, and this particular category was called the world is going insane. Now in this category, he, ha- he refers to two articles and one is actually uh, one that Dennis Lee talked about. I, I think it was Thursday night. Um, he talked yeah. about Panda Express, yeah. was it? Okay. And, and so, you know, that's the first time I've seen Huckabee comment on that. But uh, that's the one at the training seminar for Panda Express where uh, the attendees were asked to strip down to their underwear and then hug each other. So um, if you all missed that one, that was a fun one. But you can also read that. Uh, and all these all these things that you uh, look at on uh, Mike Huckabee's morning newsletter, um, he gives you a link to the another article where you can read the whole thing. But uh, I'm still shaking my head about that, that uh, anybody could actually make a decision to let their or make their employees go through that. And I, I read today that more than likely all the employees that, that attended that seminar had to pay for it out of their own pocket. <laughs> so um, there you go. But um, Huckabee, oh, I was going to know what I was going to say. Huckabee commented at the end of that when he was commenting on the Panda Express fiasco. He said, um, he said that that experience sounded more like training that you would do for an Andrew Cuomo job and not Panda Express. So, <laughs> Like I said, he always likes to make something humorous. Anyway, the second portion of the article deals with um, another California story, which reports that the California Department of Education is about to vote on a proposed new public school ethics studies curriculum that will reportedly stress decolonization of American society, teach kids that the U.S. is filled with racism, oppression and white supremacy and now this this it gets crazy and replace the christian god which is a white white supremacy with kids chanting to the aztec god of human sacrifice now this article actually says that this isn't mike huckabee now this that's they're they're talking about the school system wanting to make kids chant to an Aztec God of human sacrifice. Um, so let's see, let me go to the article itself. And this was found in the Western journal and it's a commentary by Samantha Chang. And it was published uh, March 11th, which I think was what Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday of last week. Uh, The California Department of Education might soon transform the state's 10,000 public schools into left-wing incubators that brainwash children with anti-Christian, anti-white propaganda. The alarming agenda was uh, spotlighted Wednesday in a City Journal column by the website's contributing editor, Christopher Rufo. And every time I read his name, I want to say Rufio, you know, from... uh, Yeah. From... Peter Pan, Captain Hook. Um, But anyway, Christopher Rufo, who is also the director of the Discovery Institute, a nonprofit public policy think tank. Rufo wrote, next week, the California Department of Education, which should be this coming week, will vote on a new statewide 
ethnic studies curriculum that advocates for the decolonization of American society and elevates Aztec religious symbolism, all in the service of left-wing political ideology. The new program, which is called the Ethnic Studies Model Curriculum, would teach the six million students in California's primary and secondary schools to oppose white oppressors and reject the Christian God by chanting to the pagan Aztec God of human sacrifice. <laughs> um, you know, again, any, any, any parent that has a school aged child in California, if they have to stay in California because of work or family or whatever, you know, I can't imagine that they wouldn't jerk their child out of school, you know, right away. If, if my child came home talking about this, you know, and, and this, we talked about this before, you know, I think where we, we fell, we failed years ago is when we parents stopped looking at the textbooks that children were using, mm -hmm. probably even in, in the school system here in Georgia. Um, I think we just stopped paying attention, you know, and then some of us help kids with their homeworks and, and maybe some didn't. And then they get to the point where I was clueless anyway, and I wasn't much help, but still we probably should have been looking, especially at history books and English books and, and, and so forth. Mm -hmm. But, um, I, you know, this, this thing about this, uh, Aztec God, it, it almost sounds like somebody's making this up. So anyway, Rufo explained the chants have a clear implication. The displacement of the Christian God, which is said to be an extension of white supremacist oppression and the restoration of the indigenous gods to their rightful place in the social justice cosmology. <laughs> um, Rufio said the curriculum is based on pedagogy of the oppressed, a book by the late Brazilian activist Paulo Freire, a self-proclaimed Marxist. Now, why in the world would we have somebody in a position to recommend curriculum for our American students that's based on something from a self-proclaimed Marxist? Uh, Freire believed that the goal of education was to mold school children by indoctrinating them with left-wing ideology, not to arm them with practical knowledge or skills. Along this vein, the purpose of the new California curriculum is to brainwash children with anti-Christian, anti-white rhetoric about white supremacy and racism with the ultimate goal of overthrowing Western civilization. Um... Let's see. Of course, it's, it goes on to say that, again, that uh, uh, the school systems today are, are based or Christianity is based on white supremacy, period, which um, I, I'm not quite sure where they get that. The um, I'm just trying to skip through some of this stuff. The ultimate goal is to decolonize American society and establish a new regime of counter genocide and uh, I'm not sure I can pronounce the next word. So I'm going to skip it, <laughs> which will just, which, yeah, cause I'll mess it up, which will, um, which will dis displace white Christian culture and lead to the regeneration of indigenous epistemic and cultural futurity, whatever huh? the hell that is. Uh, <laughs> 
Like other race hustling initiatives, such as the 1619 Project, California's new curriculum is predicated on the anti-American premise that the United States must be destroyed and rebuilt on a foundation of wokeness. Wasn't that just a word we created, somebody created in the last year or so, wokeness? No. We just use it all the time now. Well... Well, I think about like that word woke, of course, you know, you know, people who call, you know, claim they're of the woke generation. Are they truly woke or or, or are they just using it to make themselves feel good? You know? Yeah. Well, the so, article goes. Yeah, go ahead. Well, what I was um, looking at earlier was that that book that Marxist, what he wrote, what was his name? The guy that wrote the book, Polio something. Uh, rules for radicals. Uh, it's Paulo Freire. That's the way yeah. I pronounce it. I have no idea and if that's right or not. He wrote that book in 1968. And what it is, it's a it's his his theory is that you treat children like they're um how he put it was um like they're a vessel and the or like they're a piggy bank and you're just you're filling them up with different ideas and kind of brainwashing, basically brainwashing them. Indoctrination. Yes. Right. So that um, even, even because their parent, you know, like their parents have already influenced them and directed them and had already started them on a certain path that they want to take all that away and introduce all this other stuff to basically brainwash them. Right. But that book, that book is old. I mean, that theory on how, you know, why now are they doing that? I mean, 1968, that's that's a long time ago. Well, that's probably when a lot of that Marxist theory stuff was was prominent, uh, you know, because there was there was uh, what in the 50s in, in the United States, there were issues with uh, communist infiltration, you know, uh, people trying to uh, have an effect on society here in, in the United States back then. And uh, fortunately, I guess a lot of it was able to tamp down because there was, there was a whole lot more uh, patriotism, I believe back in, in this country back uh, then, especially because after world war two, uh, you yeah. know, there was still a lot of pride in, in being American here in this country. And, and, so I think maybe that's what, ha- and that's just my opinion, maybe what happened to a lot of the communist efforts back in those times. But now all of a sudden, hey, you know, Biden and his group and Pelosi and AOC, they've opened the door. And, and now that all these people think it's OK to come back with these radical ideas. So they're drawing yeah. stuff, uh, you know, and, and, and they talk about about conservatives and Republicans being uh white supremacist or or uh nazis or hitler well you know some of the very things that they did in in germany and i'm not a i'm not really welcome to an expert on on that history of that time frame but you know what the germans did what the nazis did they took young kids and got them at an early age and indoctrinated them into into nazism and and um and, and a lot of them would turn on their own families yeah. And, and friends 
if if they didn't fall in line. So this is these this is what these people do, especially in these uh, countries where you know uh, they're socialist regime regimes. <laughs> but, but yeah, I'm I'm like you. I don't know why they would go back to a book was that that's that old but again yeah. how, how in the hell is this the, some somebody on the school board in california say let's start drawing ideas from this where yeah. does that where does that come from yeah. and, and and why aren't there some you know i don't care whether you're a democrat or republican in california i mean there ought to be a limit to what they're willing to destroy and i can't again i can't imagine all those democrats in california believe in socialism and want to turn the country into what these people are advocating here. It doesn't yeah. make sense, you know? Um, and we, we could have a program on it one night about, about, <laughs> about, you know, um, communism or, or, uh, just some of the wild ideas that have come, come out in public, but, it's it's like every day you you read something where somebody has this radical idea and they feel like, hey, we're we're about to initiate this in our in our district or in our uh, uh, state. Um, well, even that it goes back to them telling us, well, we can read, well, we can do, you know, that somebody's decided because someone is offended by something that it should just disappear. You know, even in history and um, some of the heroes that we've always looked up to now, supposedly they're not heroes anymore. Or they're not part of our history anymore because their life or the life of somebody else that's related to them offend them. Well, why, why does that take away from who we are as Americans? Aren't we supposed to have choices and freedom? And But we've got these people now telling us, you know, what we can read, what can be published, what, you know, when can we talk, when can we not talk. Newt Gingrich was uh, cut off from Twitter because of something he put up on, on tweet, Tweety. <laughs> something the Twitter he tweeted. is what I call it. <laughs> something he tweeted. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I mean, I've, I've listened to Newt Gingrich for a number of years and King Gingrich, yeah, well, let me get some more. Maybe I should go back to the bourbon instead of water. I don't know. But I'm drinking watered down cranberry juice, but I'm drinking Topo Chico carbonated water. Oh well, that would that would be a mistake with me with me trying to talk a lot. But uh, you know, Newt Gingrich is, is one of the uh, smartest people that I've ever heard talk about historical issues uh, in the country. He's uh -huh. he's very well. Uh, versed and and of course I guess he was a history professor for a number of years, but uh, I don't I don't you know the fact that they they're going to shut people down that they pick and choose because they don't like what they say, but then you go and find liberal stuff posted on these sites that basically are are calling us names and 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 spreading lies about conservatives and and I mean if. You call me a, a racist or a white supremacist or um, just about anything. I mean, that's offensive to me. And how can yeah. how do you have a right to call me something like that? Now, you can express an opinion, but don't say it like you know it is a fact. And that's what, unfortunately, a lot of people do when they post things. They, they post things like, well, I know this to be true, that Donald Wayne is a racist or Donald Wayne is a 
Nazi. White supremacists. I mean, if if you haven't lived next door to me and you haven't seen me, you know, doing some things that you could judge to be of that nature, then you don't have a right to say what you think or what I am. So, well, they have the right to say it. Well, yeah, you can say it, but Um, it, you, but then you want to take somebody else down because they express their opinion. So, right. Well, exactly. One, well, one opinion. Well, that's where that's where you, where you would come in, Donald Wayne, saying saying the, to people who think think it's cool to slander, smear, and besmirch other people and and libel other people that you, you're entitled to your own opinion, but you're not entitled to your own facts. And even former Vice President Mike Pence made that very clear to Kamala Harris. Yeah. So some uh, Sarmenti said that Biden's supposed to come up with a set of guidelines so that we will know what we can and cannot do. When? Somebody, now? Uh, somebody just I, I think when in his speech, like what's coming up in the next couple of weeks, he says. Oh, we didn't listen to the whole thing. <laughs> well, I wonder, you know, he's supposed to do a press conference too later on this month. Uh, of course, they keep pushing that we'll back. We'll see about that, that. That'll be interesting. But Going back to the thing about criticizing people, I mean, we we talk about people and we make fun of people on on Trice Talk, but I try not to ever say any. I mean, I express an opinion, uh, but I, you know, I feel sorry for people like Nancy Pelosi and 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 Joe Biden and some others. I, I hate their politics. I do not agree with you know what they want to do with this country. But I can't really make a judgment on whether they're bad people or not. And and I try to stay away from that kind of stuff. But, you know, occasionally we maybe get get a little carried away. But um, it's well, I don't I wouldn't say anything bad about them, but I really have a hard time understanding how they can be on board on some of this stuff. You know, it's just it's just insane. Right. Uh, how many years? I mean, I can understand people like AOC because she's young and she's from a different generation. And some of the mindsets in this country, some of the young people, um, you know, may tend to go in that direction. Um, Let's see. I, I'm sorry. I was somebody's trying to call in here. If you want to call in, you need to type in in the chat room what 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 you. I don't want know to if it's Sir Minty trying to call in or somebody else. I, I didn't. I just caught the end of it, and then they disappeared. But I, I kind of put in a, a header that you really need to uh, to get in the chat room and tell us what you want to talk about before we can let you in. But uh, where where was I? <laughs> Talking uh, about how how they can support some of the things that they've support. Oh yeah. yeah. AOC. Those people make sense because they're of a new generation who seems to think that they need to radically change everything in this country. Um, and if looking at this article and, and if some of these things ever start being taught in schools, I mean, we're going to lose another generation of, of kids. And, you know, the other scary thing is, the government is starting to tell people in the things that they do that your kids are no longer yours. You know, we're going to do what we want to, or they're even letting the kids themselves decide, you know, what they want to do at 13 and 14 and and 12 years old. 
Um, and so they're take they're almost beginning to take the parents out of the equation so they can raise um, them the way they want them to be raised. And I guess so they'll have supporters. I guess that's what they're counting on. I don't know. Womb to tomb, cradle to grave is, is the is the way they're going about it. But um I'm glad you know, I don't have kids. Oh, I know. I, I, I would just I'd go nuts if if I don't think that and, uh, um, I could go with a public school, although the school system still is pretty decent out here in the neck of the woods that I live in because, uh, and which is one of the reasons we moved out this way to get away from some of the politics of the other school systems that we would have been subject to. And then we get out here and then people over the years have moved out this way. And that's, see, that's the funny thing. And I've said this before, you know, conservatives republicans they they move away from the cities to get away from the democrats and and their politics and their policies and they create a nice little utopia out in an area where they're at and then people because they they get sick of the cities and they want you know safer neighborhoods and 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 more <laughs> you know nicer things you know and more peaceful environment they come out but they bring their politics with them, which in turn ruins that area. And then people have to move again. And I'm talking about politics. I'm talking about uh, ideals and um, it doesn't make sense. What do you think made the area so attractive to you yet? You want to bring your crazy politics with you and change it. And then, then it's no longer the, the nice little area that you thought it was going to be. And, and that's, well, that's, and I, I think in some cases, parents don't understand that they've got to be involved uh, in their <laughs> board of education and the curriculums and how the curriculums are based and where they start. And because it's just this one board is making these decisions. And I know um, my experience with friends that are teachers, they absolutely hate the curriculums. They hate what they've done and they hate how much they've changed in the last five to 10 years. Parents have to be involved. Well, yeah. And again, I, I don't know when we stopped being involved, but I, I know that I wasn't involved as much as I probably should have been uh, at certain points just because, you know, I trusted the school system to be doing the right thing. Of course, didn't notice anything <laughs> unusual coming <laughs> out of out of the child. Um, but, you know, now that I see some of the things that are in the books uh, that the school boards adopt, it just makes me wonder, you know, no, how are these kids going to turn out? No wonder. And, and of course, you know, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, too. Now the Democrats are wanting 16 year olds to be able to vote. They tried to get that into the H.R. 1 bill uh last week i believe it was or the week before and uh they tried to get it in as an amendment to allow 16 year olds to vote but it it was uh it didn't pass fortunately there were some democrats that didn't didn't support it but um you know they're i i think they're after our kids i think i think this this new ideology is after young people because they know that's where it is. That's where their future power lies. If they can convert enough people right. over to their way of thinking that, Hey, you know, uh, we don't need Republicans anymore. And then, and then they're teaching them that, that 
anybody that doesn't believe the same we believe are our enemy. And it didn't used to be that right. way. We, we could have a difference of opinion about the way things, you know, should be handled. Uh, but that doesn't make us enemies, but we are now. Well, like you said earlier, though, there used to be um, a unity in the country. Even, you know, without politics, we were still united in many ways <laughs> and patriotic or whatever it was. Right. We were, and and now we're not. Now it's divided. Everything's divided. Well, I think, to, like, on that point, um, you know, they really don't even want unity. They want conformity. Um, and, you, and and another thing I'll touch on is former President Ronald Reagan warned that we are one generation away from extinction, um, you know, based on the sheer level of complacency and apathy that, that, that's that been going on in society. Yeah. Well, let me finish this one little thing on this article because it's – I think it's kind of an important point, but this is towards the end of it. Uh, and uh, I've skipped down so far. I don't even know who's talking now, <laughs> but anyway, uh, moving on uh, the, the, the sinister, sinister trend of indoctrinating children to hate America and reject Christianity and blame white people for all of society's woes has metastasized around the country and across the globe. Last month, a New York City public school principal urged white parents to become white traitors who must advocate for white abolition. If you want to see how offensive and nakedly racist the city's curriculum is, substitute the word black, Asian, or Hispanic for white in the anti-white tool for action and consider the backlash that would be ignited from that. While it's trendy these days to blame white people in Western society for racism and inequality that exists in any corner of the world, including Africa and the Middle East, keep in mind that every race, every race conquered and colonized other groups of people. Every race has been enslaved by other races. Slavery, colonization and racism are not experiences that are unique only to people of color. Um, then it goes on, uh, to say it, it, just a short thing about, I'm not going to go through all this about slavery, but did you, I don't think a lot of people realize that slavery still exists in the world today, not in the United States, uh -huh. but in, in other countries, uh, the five leading countries that, that have, uh, systems of slavery are Pakistan, Bangladesh, China. Well, there's a big surprise. <laughs> and, and, and use Uzbekistan. Uh, but in China, there's three million. China. China. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Donald Trump says it best. China. Yeah, he does. Yeah. <laughs> I need to record that. But there's 3,388,400 slaves in China today. And, and wow. that's, that's counting forced labor sexual slavery i mean and and women are sold off into marriages and that is a form of slavery people may not realize that or even think of that but but that's true but so this whole concept that the united states is is the worst country in the world on on civil rights and and racism and uh is it, just not true um those problems are are problems historically of of civilization. 
of, of humankind period. And, um, it's not to say that it, it, it excuses anything that happens of that nature, but you know, the problem exists worldwide. But, uh, if you listen to anybody, uh, here in this country right now, you know, every, every problem of that nature right. is, is, it has the roots in, in, in the white society and Christianity. Now they're not even right. satisfied blaming white race anymore. They, they want to go after Christianity and they need to erase it from this society and this country because they know that as long as Christianity has a good foothold in this country, there's going to be a lot of people resistant to the kind of changes they want to make because Christianity is, you know, uh, it really well, is the glue. Um, and, and another thing about Christianity is, you know, even our founders, you know, were, were very explicit back during the time of the Declaration of Independence and the U.S. Constitution that we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, meaning our rights come from God, not from, from government or not, not from human beings like, like three of us talking, but, but you have that, that portion of society that that's wanting to be this vocal minority and argue that, that, you know, God doesn't exist. Right. Which, you know, and, and that's certainly very sad to say the least, but, but that, well, they, but, it, but it's it's very apparent. They they well have to, they have to defeat the, our belief in God yes. in this country. They have to because there's no other way that they're going to pull pull the the grand master plan off. Because Christians right. will always rise up and and fight the kind of things that that these people are wanting to do. But if they can effectively, you know, brainwash enough. Uh, uh, of, of the population into siding with them and, and, and make them believe that Christianity is, is the oppressor. You know, or make, and, them, make them question like, um, like, like God's existence, you know, right. If it comes to that, then, you know, because a, a lot of, I mean, a lot of our laws are based on Christianity. And so mm-hmm. if you, if you eliminate, yes. If you eliminate that, then then what's the point of these laws? Laws will be whatever they decide they want to be. That's a scary thought. It and, is. And, pe- and people think that, oh, you know, and I've always said this, people on the left think, oh, you know, we support this and, and you know, bring them down, bring down the conservatives, the Republicans, you know, we, we can live without them. But eventually, when they get what they want, if they can get what they want, then they're going to mm-hmm. start picking on you. They're, it's not going to stop on the wow. right. It's not going to stop with Republicans yep. because the goal is, and in, in, in any society like that, there's going to be some people at the top that live like kings, and then everybody else is going to take whatever they throw at us, and that's the way yeah, it'll be. Right. And I got news for you. There's not a lot of room at the top. <laughs> so right. um, <laughs> be careful. Be careful. Be careful what you wish for. All right. Um, yes. Anybody else have anything? But, but, but I, I know, I know. Like on the the, the slave slavery topic, you know, the, I think one one thing you know that we're still slaves to is is our money, of course, because because I know m- money is like a like a controlling influence. And then when you talked about like other countries that have that form of slavery, where our daughters are, you know, are forced into arranged marriages. 
you know, that they make it out to be that it's a cultural thing. But if, if the woman, you know, had the freedom to choose who she wanted to be with, then they, they would be labeling her as a disgrace to their so-called culture. Right. But here in America, it's like men and women have the freedom to marry who they want to marry. Right. But, um, but um, I digress on that. But, um, but I know that conversation would probably have to continue another night due to time constraints. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We, that's funny. And when you start down this kind of road, I mean, there's so many things wrong with, with the agenda on the left that, I mean, we could spend mm. weeks talking about it and, and breaking it down and saying, you know, really good night, Crimson. See you next time. <laughs> hey, good night, Crimson. Uh, you could spend a lot of time talking about these things and, um, that it's, is true. It, it's um, mind boggling. But when I read articles like this, that anybody would even consider that. And even the article I read a few weeks ago about the San Francisco school board, they were going to spend a hundred thousand dollars per school to change yeah. the name of the school because they decided that uh, George Washington elementary school was named after a racist or Abraham right. Lincoln middle school was named after, uh, even though he's the one that, that ended slavery in this country, more or uh -huh. less, uh, they're mad at him because they didn't like the, he, they didn't feel like that he did enough to, uh, help with the Indian issues that were going on in the rest of the country at that time. So, you know, they decided sure. these people elected these people and they were going to let them change all these names of these schools because this little elite group decided that these people are racist. You know, who gets to decide that in this country? Right. Well, I mean, that's almost, uh, that's scary that this, the small group of people can say, well, these people are racist. So, you know, they don't have any rights anymore or we're going to eliminate them. I mean, we're not that far from that. If, if the power continues to shift in the direction it's going. Right. So with that, Eric, I'm going to well, um, calm down and let well, you uh, do your thing. Well, well, of course, um, certainly Donald Wayne and I would like to certainly extend a thank you, of course, to, to Crimson. You know, for joining us on the panel this evening, and we certainly want to extend a thank you to Chris from the Forgotten Tunes, as well as to Class One and to Jester, to Sean and to Sarmenti, to Jester from the It's Doomsday podcast, the Go Youth FM podcast, Mr. Coley and and Tony Vino, and a few few other friends who um, joined this live cast this evening. Um, um, if you are new here, please please give this show a follow and. Um, and we, we also encourage you to share this show to social media and, and friends to help grow, grow our audience and, and fill our live casts. And thank you, of course, to the listeners down, downloading the published episodes. And if you would like to get in touch with Trice Talk, you can um, follow Donald Wayne on Twitter at TriceTalkWGMoon, or, or you can email him at TriceTalk69PTS at gmail.com, or follow following and like Trice Talk on Facebook. It's at Trice Talk and downloaded episodes are available on Podbean, um, Spotify, um, Amazon Music and, and Google and Apple Podcasts and, and many other places you can find pod, podcasts. 
Um, Trice Talk is on four nights a week, Sundays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays at 11 p.m. Eastern time. Um, and then Dennis Lee, of, of course, does the um, Tall Tales in the Rabbit Hole, and that can be heard live Sundays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays around 9.30 p.m. Eastern time on, and, um, and downloaded epi- and published episodes on that show as well. And other great Podbean live you know, sh- shows to be on the lookout for include the Forgotten Tunes Music Show, which is on right now with an impromptu show. But otherwise, Chris will be doing live shows weeknights around 11.30 p.m. and midnight Eastern time. And to our early morning crowd, you've got the, the chit-chat with the old man. He's on weekdays at 10 a.m. Eastern time, plus his music shows on Friday evenings at 11 p.m. and the Sunday music shows Sundays at 9 a.m. and 5 p.m. Eastern time. And and also throughout the day, John, John DeVito will have two shows this week at 11.30 a.m. Eastern time on Monday and Tuesday. Um, Wednesdays and Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern, you've got the Frankie D's Crib podcast. Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays around 4 and 5 p.m. Eastern, be on the lookout for Robert to do the Mr. Clean Music Show, as well as Tuesdays and Thursday nights around 1 or 1.30 a.m. Eastern Time if you're a night owl. Um, and also weekdays around 7 p.m. Eastern Time, be on the lookout for Jeremy to do the Cummings' Culture podcast. And and weeknights around 8 p.m. Eastern Time, be on the lookout for Chuck and Billy's Not Your Cup of Tea. And weeknights at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time, um, be on the lookout for the Slightly Serious Show. And and on and also on the weekends, be on the lookout for Lurk Laxatives to do shows Saturday nights at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Be, be sure to look out for Felix to do The Swap Doesn't Lie Friday evenings around 7 and 7.30 p.m. Eastern. And, and also be on the lookout for Jester and the It's Doomsday podcast to do shows on the weekends. And, uh, and another hot show on Podbean called The Turfy Show can be heard most Saturday evenings if you're interested in checking them out. And other great podcast friends includes Pink Squirrel of Whose Podcast Is This Anyway? The Milk Dog 2020 Show, Lara and Lou with Communication Station, as well as you know Captain Jimmy with the um, Pirate Radio Podcast, and and a few other great podcast friends, and hopefully coming soon the Ralph William Podcast and Just Another Day in Paradise Return with New Episodes. Um, and 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 we certainly uh, you know pr- appreciate spending time together tonight and. You know, and here's Donald Wayne um, to close out the show with some final thoughts. Thanks, Eric. I appreciate it. And and thanks again, everyone, for joining us tonight and spending time. Uh, we hope you come back. Uh, Trice Talk will be back on Tuesday night is our next schedule. Um, I've been be doing, on the lookout for the mini pods. Yeah, I've been doing some mini pods. Uh, they are not live. I, I'm not doing them live right now. I'm just recording them and posting them the same night. But I pretty much do them every night that Trice Talk is not on. So um, I may consider doing them live later on, maybe in, in April or something. But um, I get to spend a little bit more time on particular articles uh, on on the mini pod. So if you uh, happen to see those and you'd like to download them, I would appreciate it. But uh, the closing thought for tonight is from Margaret Trudeau. And it says... We can choose to wake up and grumble all day and be bitter and angry and judge others and find satisfaction in others doing bad instead of good. 
Or we can wake up with optimism and love and say, just what is this beautiful day going to bring me? That's probably a better way to start your day right there. Sounds like All it. Right. it sounds um, like and it. I'll well, also give you a closing joke of the night, too. Oh, yes, okay. of Trice Talks stay at the All Suites Omni Hotel, <laughs> located in the heart of Chicago's Magnificent Mile. How does that sound? <laughs> I, I love that, Eric, because every time that uh, they do that uh, on that show, that's Mark Aram's show. And the first time I, mean, I heard him, yeah, like, you hear that on syndicated shows, too. I, I say, well, that's a local show. What do you mean the guest of the show stay in Chicago? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> no, right. A, yeah. I, I, like I think that. it's a ripoff from like the days of the Oprah Winfrey show. Oh, is that what it was? I, I it may be um, because I, Oprah show was done in Chicago, and then other shows that were done in Chicago for years was like Jenny Jones and Jerry Springer and a couple others. Yeah, I hate that I haven't been able to listen to Mark Aram lately or uh, Eric Erickson. I haven't heard him in a while because I just my schedule hasn't been to where I'm. I'm in the car and I can listen to him, or on a job where I can listen. I had to be careful. When I went for a car ride last night to the grocery store, I forgot my phone charger, so I couldn't listen to podcasts. So I wound up having to listen to B98.5 or Star 94. Yeah. Um, you know, um, I haven't been really listening to the car radio lately, but but since Dennis Lee is not here, we, we might as well just turn out the lights. Yeah, I guess. Can you And, and we'll turn it back on again Tuesday when we're back. Yep. Good night. Love you. God bless you, everybody. Thanks, Eric. Thanks, everybody. Hope to see you Tuesday night. Stay safe. Yeah.